there we go. Right. Welcome to One Chat Live, episode 32, live from Brighton, UK. Um, nice to see you again. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, then um, do try and join us live at some point, um, if you can. I know the time zones might muck you around a bit, but um, you can get so much more from the live version on Facebook Live. You can talk to the uh, uh, the guests, ask questions, uh, that sort of stuff. So, But anyway, um, if you are joining us live, then thank you very much. Um, 32 we are now. Um, it's been a month. Um, last time we were here, we were chatting to oh, Mike James, um, set a new record at being the only guest to come back twice on the show. Um, but it was a excellent um, time to come back. He came back with Malcolm Sloan, who is the creator of um, Sports Injury Fix. Um, and even since um, they were on, I've noticed so many therapists um, switching over to Sports Injury Fix. It's a fantastic site, which uh, not only gives you a, um, a platform to advertise your services and for runners to find therapists, but also it's a booking system which therapists can use in clinic. Um, they've got loads of advantages there. Um, and to give you an idea of how popular it's becoming, um, you may well have seen a few weeks ago Colin Jackson, uh, the Olympic um, and world champion, has signed up as one of their ambassadors, which is, um, I imagine, very, very exciting uh, for them and well-deserved. So, yeah, that was episode 31 about a month ago. Uh, we were chatting um, about how to find a good therapist, how to kind of tell whether this person's going to be able to help you or, or not, because there is a lot of variance out there, I'm sorry. Uh, to say um and a variance amongst different careers just because you're a physio doesn't mean you're going to be better than a sports therapist and vice versa not all chiropractors um are practicing old-fashioned manipulations and things um there's definitely plenty of good quality chiropractors who move with the times and the same goes with osteopaths and podiatrists and so we need kind of people like sports injury fix to help um kind of let runners and all sorts of people know whether the therapist they're going to see is evidence-based or not. Um, and that brings us on also to today, which is another great platform which has been around uh, now. Uh, the Trust Me, I'm a Physiotherapist started off as a Facebook group and suddenly exploded. Um, and then you've got the whole Trust Me Ed um, videos and uh, presentations and workshops online. Um, again, with exactly the same principles which um, here on chat live we, we we operate from putting the evidence back um, into um, injury management pain management um, so i'm very excited uh, shortly to be bringing you nils old house who um, that's an excellent presentation i can hear myself um, we'll be chatting to him um, uh, about that and how he came i mean he's a practicing he's been through the problems which we all have ourselves in in becoming qualified realizing that half of what we learned isn't that applicable um, he's had the challenges the doubts the imposter syndromes uh, that was another great post um, which uh, actually i saw thanks to uh, nils uh, greg layman's post about telling therapists to um, give yourself a break you know there's a lot of therapists especially in today's climate where on social media you can be challenged so easily so quickly it's almost people are almost scared to put a question out there or a comment out there or a paper out there because they're what is so easy now for the trolls to kind of jump on you and say oh but haven't you seen this paper and no 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 no, that's wrong because this and that and that's not how it's supposed to be at all you know um so it's okay to have self-doubt, to make mistakes, to talk out, to ask questions on social media. That's what it's for. Um, so that was a great post by uh, Greg Lehman. Um, what else before we bring Nils up? Um, I was away. Hopefully some of you um, saw my little 10 in 10 challenge where I was on holiday. And for me, it was easy. I had um, all-inclusive holiday and, and a pool waiting for me. But I ran 10K a day for 10 days. Um, and uh, mainly to offer you people, and the challenge is still open if you want it. Um, if you currently run about 30 miles a week, that's an important caveat. I don't want anyone out there injuring themselves. Then, and you're interested in coming along to the Run Chat Live conference in October um, in Brighton, UK, then there's still um, a guaranteed way of winning, getting yourself a 100 quid discount off the tickets by running 10k a day for 10 days we've had quite a few people doing that and i'm gladly handing out these hundred pound vouchers um because they deserve it you know you can also get someone else to do the challenge for you um, if you're not up to it because you don't currently run about 30 miles a week then if you know a runner who's who can do that get them to do it for you 
they give you the voucher bam you come down to brighton and spend the 100 pounds on cocktails or dinner uh, because i'm also uh, pleased to say that las iguanas in brighton is going to be the official restaurant for the night on the wednesday night all the speakers will be dining there um and um if you are coming down to Brighton, especially if you're traveling from far and you're looking for a night out to mix with speakers and other guests, then uh, I'll be putting details about that on social media and on the Eventbrite page with uh, a phone number in case you want to. I recommend you do probably pre-order uh, the menu on there so you don't get there and you have to wait for ages. Um, it's going to be, as well as a great conference, it's going to be a great social event as well at Las Iguanas in Brighton. Um, it's a Mexican restaurant, but they've got everything and they've got two for one cocktails all night long, which I'm not going to lie, was uh, quite a steering point as well. Um, but anyway, right. That's my rather long intro, but I've been away for a month. So apologies for that. So uh, Nils Outhouse, we're going to bring up shortly. Um, like I say, trust me, I'm a physiotherapist and trust me, Ed, two fantastic platforms for therapists to educate themselves. We're going to listen to Nils talk about why he set them up in the first place. Um, as with so many cases of these quality platforms, it comes from personal experience, personal struggles. Um, and uh, I'm, I think there'll, there'll be points that he'll raise and we'll talk about today, which many therapists, especially new therapists, it'll be useful to listen to. Um, we're going to talk about the state of continuing education. Um, CPD is a topic which I'm often harping on about. Um, I mean, it was only early on today that I suddenly thought of the tagline, which I kind of thought, I wish I thought of two weeks ago. CPD, is it tailored for the therapist or the patient? I'm kicking myself now because that's such a, I think, such an important question. Um, CPD in theory is supposed to be designed to provide better service to patients. That should be, is the CPD a quality course? Is it going to help people get out of pain or injury? And I fear I'm going to put it to Nils during the discussion that maybe some of the CPD out there today is designed and tailored towards making I don't want to sound too cynical, but making therapists actually spend their money, making therapists think this is what I need. It's got a great acronym name. Patients don't care about acronyms. Why do so many CPD courses have three letters with dots in between them? Because it grabs therapists by the cojones and makes them think I need this. Yeah, I need this course because I need to be an AGT or a DFE or something. You know, patients don't care about that. Patients just want to get out of pain and back on the track or whatever it is they're doing. So that's something we'll be talking about today. Um, at the end of the show, we'll talk about I've got some great speakers coming up for you in the next three or four weeks. It's full um, forwards now, uh, ready for the conference in October. So, um, yeah, stay with us and uh, do feel free to ask questions um, and leave comments. Um, and there we go. Right. So without further ado, um, I'm going to hopefully, this is the first time I've used this system to bring someone up. I'm gonna... There we go. Can you hear me? Yes. Yay. And I can see you. So it looks like, bam, we're in. Fantastic. Um, how are you doing? Very good. You? Thank you for being so patient. I'm sorry about such a lengthy... Um, <laughs> intro but it's been a while i've had to i haven't been able to talk to people for ages so no um thanks for joining us thank you so much you where are you talking from at the moment from Amsterdam, and thank you for having me by the way oh no my pleasure i've been a fan of your site for for a long time um you put out so much information we all know social media these days you have to just you don't you have to kind of target the people you're going to listen to because otherwise it's just impossible. So you've been in my follow list and notify me when you post things for a long time because you're a great conduit of quality information. So it's great to have a chance to talk to you. Thank you. And also I love bringing in people out of their comfort zone because you're not normally in front of the camera, are you? For sure. Uh, <laughs> this is for sure out of my comfort zone and um, I'm happy to be out of my comfort zone, by the way. That's wicked. That's what's. That's probably part of what makes you such a great disseminator of information. You're not. Un, you're not unhappy to be put out of your comfort zone, but um, yeah, it's pretty fine. There's nothing. There's no stress here. Um, we'll have a few people. Oh, Mike James is in the house, so there's no one who looks worse on camera than Mike. Um, so there you go. Afternoon, so he says about to teach Junior to ride without his stabilizers. I think that's a metaphor for you coming on live on a podcast. Maybe um, he's going to watch in full tonight. Thanks, Mike. Have fun with your kids. That was another. I don't know if you saw it. Have you, you haven't got children yourself, have you? Sorry? Have you got children yourself, Nils? No. No. 
So um, uh, I have. I've got two, four and two-year-old. And Mike has as well. And Mike put out a really good post recently, which won't ring much for you, but it was a, it was just a post which stood out from all the other therapy posts and stuff in just apologising for not being around so much for a week because, as he said in his own words, I'm only going to get one chance to watch my kids grow up. And so I've got to make time for that. Uh, and inside I felt like, a, oh, my God, it's true. Because so many times I'm just looking at the watch and thinking, oh, when can these kids go? I've got to get online. I've got to do this. I've got to send in this article and stuff. And it's dangerous when you're a dad um, to to miss that time, especially when in our business when you're kind of looking for stuff to repost and put out there as much as possible. So, Mike, if you're still here watching or you're listening later on, that was a great post, as I said to you. It was a brilliant wake-up call for anybody, mums and dads with kids. Um, but, yeah, so well done. So, right, over to you, Nils. Um, what are we going to start off with? Let's start off with a little bit about your history, maybe. Um, yeah, talk us through the timeline, because I think it's a, a history which a lot of people will will be able to um, sympathise with, having suffered it themselves, especially the periods of self-doubt and confusion. So, yeah, take it away. Thank you. Um, I started as a physiotherapist in 2011. In, uh, in Amsterdam, in Amsterdam, uh, the southern part of Amsterdam. And uh, there was one, my first job was an employer and me. So a two-person uh, two uh, practice. And after the summer, I started in February, he wanted to have the website of the practice higher on Google. So I, I heard about link building. And, on the, and I thought, okay, let's make a Facebook page where we can make links, go to the uh, website of the clinic. And uh, this, way, this way it could come higher on Google. Well, I started it and I was following on Facebook um, a Facebook page called Trust Me, I'm a Traveler. And I, I loved it. A great uh, 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 post about traveling and stuff and uh, I love traveling so I liked it so I thought okay let's try trust me I'm a physiotherapist if that is free and it was free so I uh, made that one and I invited my friends so I got uh, like uh, and a family and stuff so 100 followers I was very happy with that and then I tried to make it uh, like 200 and 300 and pretty competitive so I like to uh, see that the uh, or higher and um, yeah then I was also starting with um, manual therapy masters in manual therapy at uh, the Somt in, in Holland and there I learned a lot about manual therapy of course about evidence-based how to appraise the scientific uh, scientific articles so that was great and I wanted to share that with the people on Facebook so I made posts about it and stuff and uh, and yeah, it was nice, and I was very happy with 1,000 followers. I rushed home to thank everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then I was trying to see, okay, uh, on Google, how can you make uh, get more followers on Facebook and stuff? So I investigated a bit, and then so slowly it went uh, higher. And uh, yeah. And what at this point was the – how was your own practice at this point? Because I've read things in the past by you which kind of indicated that you weren't a natural student, were you? Oh, no, I wasn't so good at school. <laughs> That's but, what I was trying to say in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, uh, my high school is normally five years, and I took seven years. After one, one time, I had to go to another school because I failed twice in a row. And um, there I also got delayed. And then a physiotherapy school, I... Normally it's four years in Holland. I did it in six years. So, yeah, I think in the internships didn't go so well. I had six in total, normally three, and uh, I failed uh, three times. <laughs> so, uh, Have you got any, is the, is, I mean, the common theme in this history of failure is you, but is there any particular reason why you think it was difficult for you or what was going on? Yeah, I, I'm a shy guy, shy, insecure guy uh, from natural, or I was maybe. And uh, um, and I didn't want to make mistakes or show myself so much, like being vulnerable. And um, I think 
that was very difficult because in internship you have to show yourself and try new things and be vulnerable and I didn't want it to do that I, or I couldn't so that I hit a wall all the time and then I was in my last internship I was uh, going to a good practice I heard from the, in, in Muiden, the city uh, it was a good practice and they said like in the beginning we are uh, highly rated uh, clinic for our patients and also for our staff we have a high standard so are you up to the task and my ego said yes of course mm -hmm. <laughs> and i didn't want to say no so i said yes and then um, yeah i tried in the first week after the first week i thought i was doing pretty well i thought i was a good student and then they gave me in like in a paper a4 with a list all the things i didn't go didn't go well or didn't do right so that was not so nice to see of course and um did they proceed it with kind of things which you had done right or was just a totally negative report only negative oh. I, I haven't had one compliment i think maybe i didn't hear it so well but, uh, but yeah there's a good uh, good uh, practice yeah i wonder whether i mean what sort of people if you're going to get into physiotherapy and healthcare i wonder whether most people who get into it are naturally a little bit more introverted or sensitive the fact that they want to get into a a, a, um, a career which helps other people i don't know i can't imagine someone who's very confident and brash wanting to get into that they'd be thinking more about themselves i wonder whether there's a link there in your experience with students you've seen or do you think that quite a few people could you generalize that quite a few people who get into healthcare are actually need that bit more support because that's the kind of personality they have i don't know um i think i'm a pretty um, emotional uh, person uh and um i used to also hide that a lot and now i'm yeah. uh, to, to say that i don't care so much about it well, I do care, of course, what other people think. <laughs> it's also good to uh, just be honest. Yeah. Um, I, think I think you read, you, ha you had like a, an epiphany, a moment, didn't you? Weren't you on holiday in Greece or something where you thought, oh, my God, I know what's going wrong now? Yeah. Um, so the, 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 my last internship, uh, after the weeks, weeks come in, all the list of things that didn't go well came in. Um, after 10 weeks, the a person from school came in to help or to see what's going on because this was my last internship chance right with this one i was uh, i had to yeah i don't know what to do yeah. uh, change my career so and then i it was a bit personal i think or not on the man but just a personal uh, feeling that it didn't go well and i cried uh, there and i think always crying is always good because it uh, removes some baggage of you and then you can grow further. Um, so I cried there and uh, I went on. It went a little bit better, but not so much. In, in week 14 or something, I went on holiday to Greece with two friends. And uh, it was very relaxing, of course. So I could just think. No social media. Um, so that, uh, that worked well. And then I had an epiphany or, or just a thought. It's all about me. I was the person to blame. I was the fault in this whole cascade of uh, failures in school and uh, physiotherapy school and internships. Yeah, because what I just said, I uh, I wasn't um, vulnerable enough. I wasn't open enough and uh, all these qualities. And then I, uh, it was like a weight of my shoulder. And then I could relax and just try to focus on what I have to do instead of all my insecurities and anxieties. It went more focused and uh, yeah, it went well after that. And uh, yeah, my last in my last exam and uh, they gave me a list of the things I did, uh, li like my scorecard, all like fives and six until from zero to 10, five to six and sevens. Only one eight, and that was being stubborn, stubbornness. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, he, he liked that a lot because I think it's uh, also a good quality. Mm. It can also be very difficult. But yeah, that's how I uh, 
went through my internships. Brilliant. So um, the so what sort of material were you, did you start putting out on the um, Trust Me, I'm a Physiotherapist uh, Facebook page to start off? Yeah. Sometimes you get from Facebook uh, like those um, reminders from past posts, right? Yeah. When I see that, I think uh, it's pretty uh, biomechanical and really like manual therapy focused. Yeah. But, uh, now, I, if I see that, I don't agree with it. Uh, mostly, sometimes I do still, but most mm. of the time I'm not. So it's funny to see my own um, evolving in through social media posting because I got a lot of feedback from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite healthy, though, isn't it? It's quite healthy to remind you that we've all been there. We've all said things which, if we are evolving therapists, are bound to change in years. You know, it's bound to change. That's how it should be, I think. Yeah, exactly. If you're still spouting out the same stuff which you were saying 10 years ago, then something's probably gone pretty wrong, I would yeah. say. Most in most, definitely with healthcare provision anyway. Sure. And you started working with some quite big names, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I asked uh, Karen Litzy if she wanted to interview a few people on Facebook Live. Uh, Karim Khan from BJSM. Mm -hmm. um, Emma Stokes from uh, the WCPT. Uh, Peter O'Sullivan. This was a great uh, interview, by the way, where she was the patient and he was interviewing her as a therapist, which is, which is on uh, Trust Me at, by the yeah. way, for free. And, um, yeah, that was a great... Uh, Great way. And some other webinars by Ben Cormack and Greg Lehman, Chief Esculier and um, Chris Johnson from uh, the running uh, conference. So, yeah, that was great. Yeah, there's some good names there. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, you're just kind of tickling my confirmation bias now. You've pretty much named all the speakers I've got at the conference <laughs> in October, but um, which I'm always wary about because it is tricky. We do kind of put ourselves in a little bit of a bubble maybe we all kind of think we're singing from the page that's right but it's yeah it's useful to remember isn't it that there are um other therapists out there who might be saying something useful um but yeah it's tricky i mean how did the facebook page then become the trust me ed website how much time was there between those two 2012 i started the facebook page and uh, one and a half years ago I uh, started together with Jorn Stian Lauritsen, my partner from Norway, um, the Trust Me Ed. So one and a half years uh, ago it started. And two years ago or something, he asked me to um, to do this in English because he was starting this already five years ago in uh, in Norwegian successfully. And he wanted to, to help or he wanted to, to partner with me for the English yeah, community. Yeah. And was it tricky at first? It's always tricky, I think, putting, because obviously there's a lot that's free on the Trust Me Ed website, which people can watch, like you mentioned, the Peter Sullivan and Karen Litzy interview and that. But is it, was it, how was it received initially where you started charging people to see content? Was that tricky or did you feel weird about, was it weird for you after doing so much free stuff on Facebook or did you think, no, people need to be paying for this? Yeah, it's always weird. To ask people for money, that's for sure. Uh, it would be awesome if everything was for free. Mm. Um, but yeah, you will also have some costs to um, to organize the filming, to film, to pay the camera guys and stuff, and a lot of other stuff. So yeah, that's um, yeah, it cannot be for free for that. And well, nine ninety nine, and if you have a yearly subscription, it's even less per month. Mm. Yeah, you can also. It's definitely yeah, it's definitely not a lot of money. I mean people like yourself who I follow it's it can mount up if you're following 10 people at the same time so you have to kind of like periodize it maybe but um yeah I mean what is it at the moment on trust me Ed, did you say for a yearly subscription uh 99 euros yeah so you're talking about kind of like yeah less than nine pounds a month or something for yeah which when you think about it I mean that's like three cappuccinos or frappe lattes or something it's not a lot of money is it per month yeah. Um, but yeah people get so much for free these days i think there's a almost a, a presumption that everyone's going to work for free which is a bit unhealthy because like you say there are overheads aren't there for sure 
and uh, it's better i think because you have a platform or one platform where you can find a lot of good stuff instead of mm. yeah you have to search everywhere through different accounts so that was uh, also a good thing this is what i yeah. saw on the facebook page that was my problem also and i wanted to help myself and other people to uh, make it easier to stay up to date mm -hmm. one way of uh, of doing it so how did trust me ed grow then so you say it was a year and a half ago did you say year and a half ago yeah yeah and how have things gone for that yeah it's going all right uh, i'm very pleased of how many people are joining um uh, and of course it can always be more because it has to be uh, i think the whole physiotherapy community should should uh, learn the same stuff because then you can grow as a profession faster and uh, we've talked about it before i think we have there are a lot of other people who are there are so many physiotherapists who are thinking still in the old-fashioned way like the biomechanical biomedical way there's pain in the back there has to be something damaged in the back yeah and that's not uh, always the case mm. it's more broader more complex than that i think and uh, yeah and all the lectures of course are about the biopsychosocial model or embracing it for sure and uh, yeah so who are some of the videos that which are some of the most popular videos you've got on the trust me ed website jill cook yeah about tendinopathy that is yeah. a, a big name of course um sigbjorn jordhoog uh, that's a norwegian guy mm -hmm. i don't know if i pronounce his name the best but um yeah his courses about back pain neck pain and shoulder pain are very mm -hmm. popular also because it is more practical you can see the theory but also how you do it in practice mm. and that's very interesting uh, and uh, shoulder neck lectures yeah. yeah is it all in english or are there translations available or english subtitles and now mo almost all have spanish portuguese right. italian yeah. french subtitles yeah brilliant oh, fantastic yeah it's definitely like a, it's definitely a worthwhile resource we'll make sure that links are put to it in the show notes and and in the comments down below here um i know it as a therapist myself it's so tricky when it does feel like it's just you should check this out and this out and this out and this out and you've got like these 50 different sources of information but i think that's part of the problem it doesn't mean you've got to stop checking places out so if you are a therapist out there and you just think oh god not another site i need to be connected to um try not to feel too disheartened because again things do evolve I remember sites I used to look at 10 years ago who I don't bother going into anymore because they haven't evolved. You know, the information changes. And, and that's the other thing. If you are going to update your websites, then often you do have to kind of, you know, change your posts and tweak them and not necessarily delete them because you shouldn't be ashamed of them. Like you said, some of your memory posts that come up, you're like, oh, my God, did I write that? That's terrible. But um, I think, um, I mean, uh, Paul Ingram, I think, is an example of that with his... Um, well, it used to be saveyourself.net. Um, that was one of the kind of pioneers who I remember looking at and started challenging, um, well, introducing me to other ways of thinking. Um, and he still regularly updates articles originally from like, I don't know, 99, 2001. It says last updated 2019. He's forever going in there tweaking things. Um, and that's how it should be. You know, it's a lot of work. Um, you probably need a staff of people to help you to keep it up to date but um so yeah so yeah definitely therapist check it out um and also you've got i mean you you've got people coming over to holland as well haven't you to give live talks as well yeah um lorimer mostly he's coming back again in uh, amsterdam for the 28th of june wow and he's a great speaker he's a great presenter and uh researcher he's awesome okay yeah and amsterdam's not that far. i mean i've only been there once but it really isn't that far away from the uk is it mm -hmm. no i think it's quite a reasonable flight as well i mean yeah. I, I went there quite a while ago but it's not that expensive is it no it's like 100 euro and 50 minutes from london fantastic which is how i convinced you to come over to run check live conference <laughs> in october mm -hmm. it's not so far away i know our government is making uh, a lot of countries feel like a long way away uh, by their politics but um, physically speaking 
um yeah europe is not that far away at all so mm. there's no reason you shouldn't really jump on a plane to go and see a conference in amsterdam That's rather true. than traveling up to manchester or you know nottingham or something it's not that much of a difference really brilliant um so yes i think we mentioned i mentioned off air um, and it will fit in nicely to this whole topic of education um i saw on facebook um, I got involved in a conversation, um, I think about a week ago or something, which was about, I think it was physiotherapists maybe, or could, it could have been sports therapists, but they were talking about a desire to get involved in uh, visits to offices and companies to help with the ergonomics and that sort of stuff. And I could see from the thread, there was quite a lot of traditional ideas of posture. People were suggesting that, you know, you should get some of those posters and how you can help by recommending computer, you know, like the screen height and all that sort of stuff. So straight away, I started like feeling my shoulders going up thinking, guys, you shouldn't be talking about this sort of stuff. It's so not current. Um, and I got a bit of feedback from a post, just a reply I put. And rather than replying individually to all of them, I thought maybe we'd have a quick chat today. Because it's something that you've probably in your own studies um, and on the material you put on Trust Me Ed and that posture is something which has probably come up quite a lot um do you remember in your studies when you were originally kind of growing as a therapist learning about the traditional kind of assumptions of posture i think so a long time ago but uh, <laughs> i think about uh, like you have to like a line and then you have to check your uh, asymmetries and stuff yeah yeah and then if somebody kind of if somebody came in with shoulder pain and you noticed that one shoulder was higher than the other it was kind of happy days wasn't it you had a you had something to pursue and then maybe you'd kind of do some kind of manual therapy technique and then you'd retest them afterwards and maybe they did come in like that and then suddenly they were like that patient's yeah. happy you're happy and uh, they give you the money and they, they might even be a bit pain-free they, they definitely feel better when you've drawn those little i remember i used to get people to put their back against the wall and get a biro and just kind of show them i was so happy when someone came in like that saying they had pain and i'd mm. get a little bio and make them walk away from the wall and then they'd see how one dot was higher than the other it was like and then we'd do it again and they were level and it was like happy days but there's a problem to this isn't there for sure um i think uh, posture is a hot topic indeed uh, everybody is uh, thinking about it and have been taught on school about posture you have to like there's pain okay then you're going to do your assessment first thing is your look you're going to inspect that's the first thing you are taught on physio school so yeah that is just very important in the minds of physiotherapists which is very understandable but then yeah uh, and if you also have the biomechanical beliefs pain equals uh, damage then you're really going to search for things that is going to cause it like uh, uh, more pressure on this side, and, you know. Um, but I think posture is uh, could be important. If you're sitting like this all day, very straight up, then you're going to be in pain. But also, if you're going to slouch for eight hours, then your back is also going to be hurting a little bit. It's not saying that it's damaged, but it is more like uh, all those tissues are saying to your brain, uh, come on, uh, let's do something else. Let's move, because that's what I like. And uh, yeah, that's how I see it. And uh, with the, the uh, if you try to check everything in the work uh, places, like the screen height and whatever, could be important. If that is, um, if there's too much strain on tissues, maybe because of the, the if you have your uh, mouse too high all the time for uh, eight hours, yeah, that's not so nice. Maybe you have to change a little bit. But changing, moving, I think that's the most important thing. No static postures. Yeah, yeah, it's the changing and the moving. And it doesn't necessarily matter whether you are, I mean, for somebody who's always got their mouse down low, it would probably be provide some relief if they put their mouse up a little bit higher for a while or if yeah. they put their mouse on the other side. Or, yeah, like you say, it's the motion, isn't it? The motion's the lotion, the famous kind of quote. Um, so, yeah, so... I mean, I, have you ever done visits, kind of occupational therapy visits to offices or anything and anything like that? I used to I, do some myself. Go on. 
my former employer, my first job, he was um, an expert in that. And he had like mouses who are tilted like this. So you have your um, hand in an anatomical position. And I first thought when I wrote, uh, saw his uh, website, I thought, oh, this is very good. I can learn about this because I thought it, thought it was important in 2011. Well, then I also saw very quickly that it wasn't so important anymore, that other things are more important. So yeah, again, you see something, you, you try try something out, you test something, and then you see if it works or not. And if it doesn't work, you just try something else. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. Um, I remember, I mean, the advice I gave to this person, which I think is quite important is, first of all, it's the, it's the variety. I mean, although you get someone like Greg Lehman, who's like, like looking at every single paper that comes every single second of the day there's not necessarily a lot of support or, or, or evidence that shows that variety is the kind of secret to success and pain-free mm -hmm. existence but it like you say it kind of makes sense if you're stuck in one position for a long period of time then those tissues are getting overloaded and you're going to get feedback to the brain that's going to say well, well come on let's move out of that position if you don't the pain's going to get loud etc etc you're not necessarily damaging yourself but you're creating you're, you're sensitizing the system and it might then start becoming less accurate and sending out pain quicker and that sort of stuff mm -hmm. so yeah just move to a different position but that doesn't mean at any point there's any one position which is going to be pain-free for eight hours um, and i think posture is a good subject and topic to clear up a lot of these myths and misconceptions because once you understand that you start opening your eyes to the fact that what about all the people who walk into my clinic who are like that, but they're not in shoulder pain. They've come in with an Achilles problem. <laughs> you know? What about the people who it always gets me when someone walks into the clinic and this is just being human. They walk in, they're like that. And you're thinking, Oh wow, they've got pain. And they go, no, this is the shoulder that's hurting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but you forget about that. You don't remember that. You just remember the people who walk in like this, you know, or the people who you can't put back to that again, or the people who you kind of put back to them, but they're still in pain, you know. So our our, our biases, we we kind of know now, and I'm sure a lot of the people, um, Peter Sullivan in particular, is very clear um, on the, the the lack of correlation between symmetry and pain. It's mm -hmm. just it's a nice easy way to to plan your treatment with somebody find some asymmetry and try and correct it but it just doesn't it doesn't hold tight does it water wise not waterproof when it comes to reality yeah about peter sullivan i liked his um, example what he showed in one video with his fist if you have your if you make a fist i showed it to patients also if you make a fist do it make a fist okay and then hold this for a long time like and then try to move like this. This is all kind of uh, grinds and creaks and whatever. And if you just try to relax, it's much easier. And if people are holding their backs all the time with core stability, you know, if some believes that you have to keep static postures, also in your neck, it gets a lot of tension. And then if you move, that is not nice. And then... Um, yeah, I think that's, that's always a nice example from Peter Sullivan and uh, what he shows. Well, he's full of them, isn't he? Yeah, he's full of great practical. That's why he's such a great speaker. Have you had him speak? Oh, no, you went to see him, didn't you, recently? Or? Three times already now, or three and a half, actually, uh, in Melbourne also one time. Yeah. Um, and it is awesome. I think this is, uh, this is great. Very beautiful to see how he treats pe uh, people in chronic low back pain. And if I... <laughs> The whole room thinks like, okay, this person is coming now in and uh, with crutches and uh, back pain and doesn't dare to uh, bend over. And then everybody thinks like, I don't really don't know what to do with this kind of uh, patient. I will just lay her down and massage and just uh, hope for a better one uh, next uh, half an hour. But then you see like his interview, motivational interviewing techniques and all kinds of other communication techniques. And then trying to... Uh, turn his whole story around and making them feel with expectancy violation they think they cannot bend but he who makes them bend he is confronting their fears and confronting their yeah confronting their fears what they fear the most they are going to do and that's really uh, powerful can be very powerful mm. 
and it's beautiful to see you. So that's a course you'd recommend for therapists sure. to attend, yeah? All CFT, yeah. like also from uh, Shartan Fieberversum, uh, Wim Donkarts, everybody. Mm. Yeah. But of course, if they haven't got money to go and see them, then they can get all these videos. You've got quite a lot of Peter Sullivan on the Trust Me Ed website, have you? Yeah, it's coming up also. We filmed his uh, patient, um, how do you say, uh, interviews and stuff in, in his mm. assessment. And uh, we're going to put it also on Trust Me Ed, indeed, yeah. Fantastic, also, that's good. I also interviewed him and I was really nervous for that, uh, but uh, it went uh, all right, I think. You were nervous, what, because you'd followed him for so long and then finally had a face-to-face -face encounter? Yeah, yeah. well, he has some YouTube videos and then you see him in that uh, room, right, that, that big uh, theater room with um, uh, James Davis. And then you're doing it yourself. This is, mm. uh, this is awesome, I think, but also very nerve-wracking. I always wonder, because he, I don't know whether he still does it, but it is quite a stage, one person up there, him working as if it was in a clinic with everyone watching. How much does that kind of interfere, though, with, it's not a realistic situation, is it? Does that interfere at all, like the expectations? And doesn't the person on stage feel a bit kind of like, I've got 100 people watching me? For sure. I think that is a very big um, problem also. Peter also said, said the same. Like, yeah. this is not what I want, actually, but this is a great way to show everybody how it can be right. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if the patient is coming like, oh, a very, very famous professor is going mm. to treat you, and he is a very kind, uh, kind guy, and then he uses a lot of good techniques, and 300 people are watching, oh, these are, these are a lot of other factors, contextual factors, that are very important, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've, to, I've always wanted to go and see him. I've always kind of something else has come up, but yeah, I would have to see. Him. Maybe I'll pop over to Amsterdam in June next year and have a little look. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, so for people who I did promise a little bit of help with how, because I think it is a very you can do so much um, as a physio or a healthcare practitioner going into a workplace. Um, but it's not all about setting these ideal optimum parameters which people need to sit at. I think, as Nils has just said, it's about just getting variety. It's, it's, you can't get away from the fact that if you're sitting in the same position for 45 minutes, an hour, then your body's going to start hurting. And if you do that day in, day in, day in, then that pain could well increase sensitivity and maybe uh, lead to more chronic pain, which is going to be more difficult to get rid of. So it's just encouraging people to have breaks. But I think... One of the biggest bits of advice I put on this post was to make a difference. You've got to go to the, the team leader. You've got to go to the manager. You've got to go and let them know that, you know what, if you want to have less people getting off, um, taking time off because of back pain or because of stress-related issues, which is the number one cause in the UK, I think, of staff absences, you've got to be happy for people to stand up and move around. You've got to be happy for people to stand up and talk on the phone with an ear set instead of sitting down with one arm on there, you know, because if the staff feel guilty about moving around and being more physical and active, then they're not going to do it, you know, because they're worried about their job and that. So you've got to persuade the line manager first of all. Um, and so that the, the staff feel easy and happy to do it. I've always wondered whether there's a correlation, be interesting study to see people who do go out every half an hour for a cigarette break, I wonder whether because they're more mobile, they do actually tend to suffer less from back pain and kind of like repetitive strain syndrome on their wrists because they're getting more breaks. They're outside chatting, talking, you know, rather True. than the person who's indoors. I don't know. It'd be an interesting study. But also smoking is a uh, risk factor for low back pain. So, yeah, it's also uh, maybe counterbalancing. Yeah, potentially. Well, we all know that sitting is the new smoking. So, um, no. I was joking that and you need to look up articles if you read that. Although they did show an interesting thing related to runners, which I've put out there as well. That paper that did come out, which was kind of headlined and put in um, to a lot of um, media sources, that smoking is the new sitting. It was kind of just highlighting the fact that if you do sit down for eight hours a day, if you're already prone to certain cardiovascular diseases, then you may well be increasing the chance of those. I think diabetes came up as well. Um, it's not going to cause it. But if you're already susceptible because of other factors, then you might be increasing the risk. But an interesting stat that came out of that for me was um, 
if you sit down for eight hours a day at work, you're not going to undo that by going for a run in the morning or the evening. The metabolic kind of pooling that happens during those eight hours, your body's slowing down. The yeah. kind of potential damage or increase in risk has happened. It's happened. And even if you suddenly go out for a run in the evening, it's no good, which kind of showed at the end of the day, we're not designed just to stay still for eight hours. It's as simple as that, isn't it? You know, you can invent all the chairs in the world you want and all of the clever mouses and all of the wrist things and all of these wonderful things you can buy online. But at the end of the day, you just got to get up and have a little twirl, move around, even if it's just for a minute or two and, and get your next posture. It's the next posture is your best posture. That's the thing which people need to realize there's no one thing what's mm -hmm. um standing desks like holland uh, it's quite progressive isn't it don't a lot of the good ideas and new stuff come out of holland or is that just uh is that not true i don't know huh? i always no. have this idea that you know you guys are quite kind of clued up and quite progressive and could be um yeah i don't know about it but uh, i wanted to say about uh, we are not designed to sit indeed uh, i think if you just look 200 years ago we were not sitting all the time we were walking we because we didn't have a car we had to walk everywhere we had to uh, get our own food we had to uh, we didn't have toilets so we had to go down you know to the ground whatever all the things we have now like uh, couches whatever they didn't have so much or we had to uh, hunt for our food so walking walking all the time crouching sitting so yeah that's how we are designed to think our bodies and uh, we're not designed to sit all the time yeah yeah, yeah. Um, definitely yeah we are progressively moving less and less even not so many years ago we had to get up to the printer or get up to the fax you know or you didn't have your mobile phone on you, you had to walk over the telephone i think that's there must be a correlate well i don't know say must but it's very likely there's a correlation we know that movement's the history of a healthy body you know it is the motion that helps so yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Sure. Um, which is why all you uh, people in Amsterdam are so healthy, because you just all live on bikes all the time, don't you? Sure, is that yeah. still the case? <laughs> yeah, we have more bikes than, uh, than uh, people in Amsterdam, uh, I heard. That's incredible. Yeah. I've, like I said, I've been there for a long time, but um, yeah, beautiful place. I definitely would like to come back again. Um, okay, right. So, um, yeah, Peter Sullivan... We've talked about, is anyone else who you kind of, yeah, let's blow someone's trumpet. Anyone else who you've kind of seen or you've been particularly impressed with in the last few months who you'd recommend that physiotherapists or other healthcare professionals check out? Courses or for uh, for courses or for... Uh, Either for going for live or for checking out on the content you've got on your website. Who else would you get um, therapists to be line for? UK maybe... Um, uh, he is a bit more uh, famous or popular, but S. James, S. James, okay. he's awesome. Um, he surprised me with his back pain um, uh, lecture on Trust Me Yet. He is awesome, I think. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Joe Cook, of course. He's, he's a great, uh, uh, famous researcher about tenderopathy and Ebony Rio, too. Yeah, yeah. And I think Lorma Mosley, Peter O'Sullivan, David Butler, yeah, these are. Uh, incredible incredible presenters and human beings i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think i noticed you've got um mike stewart haven't you he's yeah, mike stewart. worked with trusted before mike stewart is awesome uh, he had uh, made a great online uh, course um three hours of course and also a lot of um, practical uh, parts with a patient he is mm. a patient and he is explaining is um, is educating the patient and also using metaphors, which is also a great course indeed. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. I think and I don't know. I think he's notoriously not very active these days on social media. Um, but um, I don't know. But I suppose he must be doing must be doing okay because he's still very active, definitely with his workshops, definitely internationally and doing his stuff. But yeah, it's always somebody. Again, I grew up with a Twitter explosion and like years ago when kind of people would, when the whole kind of evidence-based thing kind of really started sinking its nails in because thanks to Twitter, he was definitely one of the big players as well. Mm -hmm. um, who, um, yeah, was lucky enough to actually work, I think with people like um, 
uh, Louis Gifford. I think that's where Mike's history came from. He actually managed to work with him for a while, which was great. Um, cool. Okay. Well, it's two twenty now. So tell us a little bit about. Obviously, you're very much looking forward to uh, October thirtieth, thirty first. Nils, I'm sure yeah. that's the, your biggest priority at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, after that, but the Brexit. Say again? There's also the date of the Brexit, right? If there's no. Oh, I don't know. Just, it depends. Who knows? I mean, our government can do anything now. It can shut down Parliament. I mean, it's got total. We're almost living in a dictatorship. Do whatever he likes. It's crazy. And he and he got voted for. Oh, don't start me on that. Um, ugh. I am I am grossly uninformed. I must admit, I am uninformed. But I remember watching this amazing. I thought it was amazing. Quick um, uh, YouTube video with Denzel Washington, who we know is kind of like just what he says is gospel anyway but he kind of said these days with the media you've got a choice you can either read listen to the news and read the papers and you can be misinformed or you don't bother reading it and you can be uninformed which one you do is up to you you know because there's so much i don't know where to look these days for what's actually happening but um i just know that we shouldn't be building walls and separating ourselves from countries we should be doing everything we could to operate together i think um, you know <laughs> After that, that's kind of my, that's as basic as don't throw, you know, treat other people as you'd like to be treated yourself. To me, it's just a basic thing. So anything which splits us up. So I apologize on behalf of uh, the not so great Britain for distancing itself. I think it was your prime minister, actually, who I heard on our radio, one of our radio channels. What's his name, your prime minister? Um, he, his name is Mark Rutte. Yes, I heard, uh, I think I tweeted, can he please be our next prime minister? Because he just, I don't know whether he's very popular with you, but he he just spoke just so much sense to me. You know, he just he's, seemed to. He is, he's also grown a lot, I think, as a, as a uh, prime minister. minister. Uh, in the beginning, he was uh, very right. He, he's still right, of course, from the right wing, but he is mm. uh, very, like, uh, collaborative, and uh, he's, he's awesome, I think. Yeah, yeah he definitely deep. struck a chord with me. He definitely spoke about, yeah, how we should all be working together and how... He, I don't know, I think he just satisfied me because he kind of said, I don't understand. I mean, it's as if some people in Great Britain still think you're riding the waves and running an empire. And it's like, no, you're a tiny little country now. How are you going to bargain with the rest of the world when you're going from 9 million or whatever it is down to? You know, it's just, he seemed to speak a lot of sense to me anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so apart from all of that, I don't know how he got into that topic. What's coming up? You said you've got Laura Mosley coming over in June. Mm -hmm. um and the website we've got anything else fantastic going up there which should incite people to join up yeah peter o'sullivan then which is awesome uh yep. chad cook mike ryman is coming up uh roger carey so and a lot of other people who are coming uh for next year right. is that interview with roger carey or just some of the what have you got how are you working with roger uh also in a, a good lecture okay clinical reasoning yeah fantastic Oh, that should be very interesting. And if people want to sign up, then is there like a trial period or something? Or do they just, how's it work? Yeah, um, seven days for free. You can just okay. sign up, put yep. your uh, information in there, and then you can seven days for free, just like a normal subscription model. Yeah. And it is $9.99 per month or uh, $99 per year. Brilliant. So for the seven days you get to see what's behind the vaults, what's behind the subscription line, check it out, watch what you like. And then if you if you think it would be useful to you, you can sign up. Fantastic. Simple as that. Doesn't seem... can do any time if you want. So uh, yeah. it's very easy, I think. Seems pretty good deal to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you personally, I hear you're trying to get into running. You're not the runner's biggest fan, are you? But you're trying to get into it. I'm, uh, I run a lot. Uh, I run every day. I'm only running in my mind. Oh, in your mind. I, I'm not running so much. Uh, no, um, I, I don't like it so much. It's very tough for me or uh, difficult for me. In what uh, way? Maybe my cardiovascular system could be um, could be better. I'm more like a sprinter. I played soccer a lot, tennis, and you know. And long distance, I've never been good at. But maybe that's why I should be doing it because yeah, it is. Uh, you have to confront your weaknesses or becoming better with it. I think uh, that's why I try it sometimes. But I, my discipline is not uh, so good with uh, running. Yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, some people, 
you don't have to run long distances you could you know you could focus on just short distances we had a great interview with um uh jeff gordett the other day from runners connect about was it jeff or was it with i think it was jeff yeah about the the relevance of the 5k distance how people are always thinking that to prove themselves they have to run a marathon or a half marathon whereas the, the advantages to the to the human system of you know being a better 5k runner are huge i um, mean you haven't necessarily it's not all about distance being the most important factor so do you do park run you got you've got a lovely flat you must have some fantastic fast park runs around holland haven't you um there are some beautiful parks very close here and i do run sometimes with yeah. push-ups and pull-ups uh and squats i do it sometimes but i should be doing it more i think do you have park run over there park run yeah like free saturday morning timed 5k events have they made it to holland i'm not sure but i have to say i'm not so focused on these uh events but good yeah be. i know they're international um but i'm not sure if they made it to holland i mean in the uk i mean i've got five within two miles of my house here um every saturday morning and and the idea is it's an event not a race it's very much to celebrate kind of diversity inclusion and that sort of stuff but um they're really popular they get a lot of people um running there's a actually there's an outfit in uh amsterdam called house of running i can't remember the name lauren laurie can't remember but uh, she seems to have a really nice i nearly went over there and did some presentations actually um yeah house of running in amsterdam and she was i was i was gonna go running in a big famous park somewhere in amsterdam which looked really nice where a lot of runners go but yeah i think it's long overdue i may well have a little trip to amsterdam maybe next year Anyway, what have you got in store for the rest of the day, Nils? It's 3.27 where you are, so what have we got? Today, I don't have so much plans, but I always have things to do for Trust Me Ed and Trust Me Omificio and other projects. Mm. I always like to have a walk in the park uh, with my audiobooks. Uh, it's all about uh, self-improvement books or, the, how do you say, marketing, yeah, business-wise, and uh, because I'm a physiotherapist. Mm -hmm. I'm also good at business now I have to learn more about it and um, yeah I'm happy with uh, keep learning and uh, keep improving myself I'm doing it every day actually yeah fantastic and um, apart from coming to the UK in October have you got any other plans to leave the country at all and travel anywhere well the plan is to do the official surf camp next summer uh, yeah. twice uh, the plan is I have to uh, make it happen of course in bali and in portugal um so that would be uh, great i think and we just went to morocco in the um, in agadir we had the official surf camp with ben cormac which was yeah awesome. and for the rest i'm going on holiday to cyprus um my girlfriend is half cypriotic so that's Alrighty, what, huh? what part are you going to to the greek part Oh yeah, what anywhere near Paphos in the south? Paphos, yeah, oh, Paphos. I love Paphos. I've been there many a time. My honeymoon was in Paphos. Lovely, beautiful. I'm jealous. Where are you staying? Uh, with uh, her dad. Oh right. Oh wicked. Oh no, have a lovely time. Wow, I'm jealous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, and the surf camps. All details of that can be found. So the physio surfs they can be found um, at Trust Me yeah. as well, or. I just made a post yesterday about uh, a new newsletter to get uh, more information about uh, these events. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, um, I'll be posting about it when it is planned. So uh, Brilliant, yeah. Where are you most active these days? Is it, is it across all boards? Or if someone wants to really keep in contact with you, should it, in, I follow you on Instagram more than anything. Um, because, I'm focusing now more on Instagram. In yeah, way. I think that's probably one of the best places to, to see you. And yeah, okay right well thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time nils thank you um i'm hoping that um the story you've shared will kind of um ring some bells with other therapists especially new therapists who are having the same doubts or we haven't got a perfect education system at all in the united kingdom i don't know about holland like you say it's just highlighting negatives and not recognizing students who maybe are a bit more introverted or a bit anxious and self-doubt um so um hopefully uh yeah you're sharing your story will help other therapists and yeah encourage a few people to definitely yeah go over and have a look at their definitely have a seven day free trial there's nothing no harm in that and um check out some of the great speakers you've got on your website so thank you very much thank you 
Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop you back down in the lobby again, just sign off and say goodbye to people here. And then I'll come down and um, say goodbye officially to you. Okay, mate? Bye-bye. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Right, there we go. Um, what a lovely story, definitely. Um, a lot of respect for Nils, um, a lot of honesty. Um, and I think, again, I think maybe because I've kind of suffered the same kind of things of self-doubt and imposter syndrome and um, always learning. Sometimes you've got to know when to stop learning and just enjoy what you've got for a while and not kind of like Greg said in his post the other day, just give yourself a break now and again. Um, but yeah, hopefully um, our discussion helped a lot of therapists out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, if that's the guy who put this together and you are like that, then check out the information he's putting at Trust Me Ed and, and, and you know, follow the Trust Me I'm a Physiotherapist uh, Facebook page. And um, yeah, I think you'll help yourself out a lot. And if you fancy a trip to, trip to Amsterdam, then I might see you as well uh, next June. We've got Laura Mosley going over there. I think that'd be well worth the trip. It's not that far from the UK at all if you've never been there. And the joy is it's easy to get anywhere. Like you said, there's more bicycles than people. So you just hop on a bike and you cycle. Anyway, so there we go. Um, to sign off here, just to remind you, it is September now, September the 1st, which means that the Runcheck Live International Running Conference is only, well, it's less than two months away now, October the 30th and 31st in Brighton, UK. It's got very real. Um, a lot of people have signed up already, uh, but if you are umming and erring, then now is the time to actually work out if you're free on those dates and sign up. Um, like I say, there are discounts available. So if you do belong to a particular organization like the Sports Therapy Association, um, who are actually accrediting this course for 16 CBD points. Um, so thank you to them. Uh, but yeah, if you are a member of a particular association, then do check whether um, there is a discount. They've got Sports Injury Fix members. You've got a discount. Um, I am pretty sure that with Nils are sorted out. I'd have to check this, but uh, trust me, I'm a physiotherapist. If you're a subscriber there, there's a discount for you. So, yeah, I mean, I want to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. So do check if you belong to somebody, some group. And if that group doesn't have any discount, then contact me. Let me know. I'm very happy to give out discounts. Um, the same thing goes for runners. I'm struggling getting runners to come along, which is ironic. Um, I'm practically paying myself to runners to come. Uh, but there seems to be some kind of barrier. Maybe it's like it's going to be too complicated for me. No, 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 no. Run Check Live is all about putting the evidence back into running injury performance, but so that runners can understand. It's about giving therapists the tools to actually talk to runners instead of just to each other. So I would love to have runners along. So do contact me if your club is interested in coming down, traveling down. Um, uh, and that's about it. So anyway. There'll be loads of posts coming out. Who have we got coming up? Well, next week, uh, 1.30 p.m., we got Paul Westwood, um, who is a hugely experienced uh, triathlete coach and uh, physio working with triathletes uh, based in the Midlands. He worked particularly now with uh, the military um, and uh, very much looking forward talking to that Paul. Um, I say that, Paul, because the other Paul is Paul Coker. Those of you who are fans of the Physio Matters podcast might remember probably one of my favourite episodes, which was Paul against Paul, uh, which was uh, talking about rock tape. Brilliant. Uh, Paul Coker is the medical director of rock tape. Paul Westwood doesn't have much time for rock tape. Well, time for kinesiology tape. Uh, but they're mates. So it was a great uh, episode on the Physio Matters podcast. It really was healthy debate between people from different uh, sides of the camp who are debating and talking about the research so um, Paul Coke will be talking with us as well he's coming up as a guest um, we've got Derek Griffin long awaited who is going to be our guest in a few weeks time as well um, really looking forward to talking to Derek a fantastic runner fantastic um, promoter of um, uh, pain focused therapy as well looking at the whole biopsychosocial approach not getting strung up with the structuralism uh, so looking forward to Derek. Izzy Moore is going to be with us as well. Massive research from Cardiff University. She's also a speaker at the conference. She's going to be with us. Um, so, yeah, pretty much bang every week. Uh, apart from the week where I'm going to be in Tunisia for the 100K Ultra Mirage. I'm not running it this year, maybe next year, not making any promises. But I'm definitely going to be there um, as an attendee and hopefully chat to a few people there and just soak up the fantastic event that is uh, the... Um, uh, Ultra Mirage El Jarid 
100k in tunisia that's end of september so very exciting couple of months coming up and thank you very much for joining us as always if you do enjoy it leave us a review leave us a rating especially on itunes leave some comments um anything we missed out or you don't like let us know all feedback's good um and we'll see you next week at 1 30 p.m yeah with uh physiotherapist and triathlon elite coach paul westwood that's it this has been matt phillips on run chat live episode 32 see you soon you're listening to run chat live podcast putting the evidence back into running injury and performance